1: Welcome everybody to another episode of Dr. Matt and Dr. Mike's A to Z of the Human Body. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Todorovich, joined by my co-host, Dr. Matthew Barton, who I don't pay. He just... He, turn, I, I turn up for free. He does. He doesn't realise I get paid many millions of dollars to do this podcast, yet I give him none of that, uh, and now he knows. So it'll be the last time he's on the podcast. Uh, we're on the A to Zs. This is not long form, short format. So uh, we're on the letter A. We are on the term... Very interesting term. I think we'll get a lot of listeners for this one. The term is albumin. I repeat, albumin. And albumin is a protein. Plasma plasma protein. Well, not necessarily. Okay. There you go.
2: It's usually referred to. First
1: out of many mistakes you're going to make today. (laughs) So simply put, albumin is a one single peptide chain. I'm going to throw a bunch of facts out to you, Matt. You just interject at any point. It's a single peptide chain composed of how many amino acids? Guess. Guess. I'll give you a clue. 78. It's more than 78, but under 1,000. 213. Terrible guess. 585 amino acids. Now, at physiological pH, it is negatively charged. That's important. Keep that in your noggin for later. And it can change shape. Now, depending on whether it's in a crystalline form or in dissolved in the plasma... Its shape changes. And this flexibility that it has is actually very important for its function as a carrier molecule, which it does play. Talk about that in a second. Now, albumin is produced in the rough endoplasmic reticulum of your liver cells, which we term hepatocytes. That's right, at a rate of 12 to 25 grams per day.
2: For the whole liver? For the whole body. Okay. Yep. But the, but the liver is the only place that can make it. Correct. Okay. So, so how many again? 12
1: to 25 grams per day. It's a fair bit, right? Seems like a lot. And for a 70 kilogram male like me, um, I have about 250 to 300 grams of albumin inside of me at any moment. It's a okay. fair bit, yeah. Right? So uh, this albumin that's produced by the liver will jump into the bloodstream and you said it's a plasma protein. But Matt, 60% of the albumin actually escapes the blood and will remain in the extravascular regions of the body. So this is the interstitium, but also will go to specific target organs like the skin and the muscles and the kidneys, and some will even stay in the liver.
2: So when they're in this tissue location, do they have a function? I think it's quite variable,
1: as we're going to find out in a sec. Okay. So uh, 40% of albumin will be in the plasma, 60% will be in the interstitium. It's half-life which is the amount of time it takes for 50% of it to be kaput is 15 days, Hmm. right? And the liver is so good at making it that a healthy liver can increase its production by 300% if it needs to. That's how important this molecule is. Now, why is it important? Well, because it plays a multitude of roles in the body, many roles, and it's regulated, its production is regulated by the current colloid osmotic state, I'll talk about what that is in a sec, the nutritional state of the body and also the inflammatory state of the body. So then the question is, what does it do? First, Matt, first function of albumin is that it maintains colloid osmotic pressure. What's that mean to you?
2: The sucking pressure. So like, basically the osmotic pressure.
1: Yeah. So because albumin And presumably
2: because you said it's plasma and interstitium, it will play an osmotic role both in the tissue... So the extracellular space as well as the intravascular
1: space. Exactly right. So remember, osmosis is the pulling force. So any substance that is charged is going to exert, or what we call osmotically active, is going to exert a degree of pull on water. And a lot of the body is water. So these molecules are important for determining uh, hydration status and fluid location. And so we know that we need around about six litres of blood in our body vascular system and most of that is water and so 55 percent yeah 55 percent and so when blood which has oxygen and nutrients and wastes and all these types of things is moving through the body and gets to the capillaries it needs to deliver oxygen and nutrients to the tissues and the way it does it is that some of that blood needs to escape through capillaries Mm. and then it can hand it off and then that blood needs to be pulled back into the capillary bed so we don't lose our blood volume.
2: And when you say blood, what you mean here is the plasma?
1: That's right, not the red blood cells. Mm. So what allows for... So the blood escapes because we've got blood pressure, right? There's a pushing force pushing the blood out through the capillaries, delivering the oxygen and nutrients. But if we've got a pushing out pressure, how do we pull it back in? And that has to do with the albumin. So most of this pulling in pressure that we have from albumin, it actually constitutes eighty percent of that pulling in force back into the blood vessel because it's negatively charged. Okay. Yep. Right. So the negative charge of and because it's small, so there's other larger proteins in the bloodstream, but the fact that it's small and there's many of them, it exerts a stronger inward pulling force. Wow. So albumin's really important in maintaining the blood colloid osmotic pressure, which maintains our fluid status. Yep. Right? So that's the first thing. Second thing is it binds and transports things. Can I just add one thing there? Sure.
2: But, so you said there is still the presence of albumin in tissue. Yeah. So there will be a pulling force to bring water into the tissue. Yeah,
1: there'll be an interstitial colloid osmotic pressure.
2: Okay, but that's nowhere near the amount of the blood vessel? No. But interestingly, if you were to get an, a condition where you are losing plasma proteins or albumin into tissue, you would then have a greater interstitial colloid pr- well, pressure. Well, I'll get there. Oh, okay.
1: I'll get there. Um, binding and transport. So it can bind and transport endogenous substances. Like Billy. Like Billy, like our friend Billy, Billy Rubin, and exogenous substances. So endogenous First one, Rubin. absolutely, which is important when it comes to bile production and it also carries bile salts. Mm-hmm. It carries fatty acids, it can carry metabolites and metals like iron and copper, uh, steroids and other hormones.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
2: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right?
1: So carries a lot of things. That's just the things that we produce, the exogenous things that can carry drugs. Like drugs. So antibiotics, uh, like anti-epileptics, a drug mule Yeah, that's right. It's the drug mule of the body. <laughs> um, sulfonamides furazamides, salicylates, a whole bunch of stuff. That's just to name a few. So carries and transports. Um, remember, because I said it's quite flexible, has the capacity to bend and shake and move and hold things. All right. Uh, it actually plays a role in acid-base buffering. yeah. Which we may have brought we up did. in our acid-base episode. Uh, mostly because it's protein got a negative charge associated with it and hydrogen ions, which change the pH of our blood, has a positive charge. So it combined, it can mop it up and release it yep. if need be. Uh, it has an antioxidant-free radical does that then scavenging. Make,
2: does that then make, if you're in a acidotic state and you're and your uh, albumin's soaking up a lot of hydrogen ions, mm. would that then decrease its ability to
1: carry things? Yeah, I would assume so. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how. I mean, you've got so many other buffers of the body, I don't know how significant albumin yeah. is as a buffer. Uh, antioxidant and free radical scavenging role. So it can take radical oxygen and nitrogen species from the environment and basically bind them to its side chains. Simple. Yeah. Yep. Uh, And it can also, like I alluded to earlier, iron and copper, which are uh, usually in their ionic form in the body, Mm. uh, can be scavengers as well for electrons, which is what makes something a a scavenger or a free radical. And luckily for us, uh, albumin can bind to them and stop them from functioning as free radicals. Okay. Uh, It has antiplatelet and anticoagulation effects, so it can act like heparin, and it does this by sort of neutralising factor ten a. Factor 10A. Do you know what factor 10A is? It's in the clotting cascade. That's right. Um, and it does this by anti-thrombin 3. Uh, and it also has platelet function inhibition through platelet activating factor and cyclooxygenase pathway. We know cyclooxygenase, right?
2: That is a, an enzyme that's, yeah, that plays an important role with
1: prostaglandin production. That's right. And so it has a uh, platelet inhibition effect. That we thrombo- thromboxin. Yep. Uh, so many functions, a many, lot. many, many functions. Now, disease-wise, probably the most uh, important one associated with albumin. Well, Theretis. firstly, the condition, which I don't think you'd be able to pronounce properly.
2: Hyper. No. Hypo. Yeah. Albin. Albumin. Emia.
1: Yeah. Hypoalbuminemia. Say it. I'm not going to try. Okay, I'll just say it three times, no. just for the listener. We're at. Okay. M- Hypoalbuminemia uh, is a condition where you don't have enough albumin in the blood.
2: Now, that could do you, come from a kidney issue as well, right? If you're just urinating a lot of u- uh, <laughs> urinate a lot of albumin.
1: Yeah. So usually you shouldn't pee out your proteins, but if you've got kidney injury, you might be peeing out proteins, and yeah. if you do that excessively uh, through renal failure, then yes, uh, you may have hypoalbuminemia from that. Uh, like you alluded to, to in the beginning, liver disease because the liver makes it. If the liver's not functioning, no albumin. Uh, burns because you can yeah. lose it through the fluid. Yeah. Right, there's a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, malnutrition, right? So, what do you reckon would mm-hmm. be the effects of hypoalbuminemia?
2: Well, going judging on your first function, uh, it would be edema. Yeah. So, if it was liver, pre- predominantly, they would have issues with ascites, which would be a lot of fl- fluid accumulation or third space in. Yep. Uh, within the abdominal cavity, if it was maybe renal failure where you've lost a lot of albumin through your urine,
1: it's probably more peripheral. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, And obviously if the albumin is low, all those other functions are going to be affected to some degree. It may not necessarily be clinically relevant, but those functions would be affected. And that... Well, one one thing I was (laughs) (laughs) was
2: going to say earlier, and you said you're going to come back to it, but you didn't. If you had a lot of albumin in your tissue... Yeah. So if you were to have, I don't know, let's say inflammation.
1: Yeah, but you said it with the ascites.
2: That's true. That's low though. That's yeah. low. But if you were to have...
1: If you were to lose it from the vascular compartment into the interstitium, it's now going to pull more blood out.
2: Yeah, but from the ascites issue, which yeah. is the they've just got a low amount.
1: Yeah. But so I said if, yeah. if it escapes, if the albumin that you have, if it's a normal amount but escapes the capillary yeah. into the interstitium the water's going to be dragged with it. Yeah. So and you can it, accumulate in that interstitium.
2: Yeah, and, then, and the big difference there is because you've got proteins within the fluid as well as fluid, mm. it makes it a non-pitting edema. What
1: does that to, mean?
2: Well, it means when you push your finger into the tissue yep. with edema, it bounces back straight away. Right. And an example of that is uh, edema with, say, inflammation. Mm. When you have inflammation, like a swollen ankle due to inflammation when you press your finger in an edema, it bounces back straight away because the tissue has not only got fluid in it, but it's got solutes like albumin in it with it. Does that make sense? So it kind of makes the tissue um, pressurised. Yeah. Whereas if you had peripheral edema due to heart failure or low albumin, all that's coming out is fluid only Mm. and... It will be a pitting edema, so right. it will be a sloshy edema.
1: Okay, <laughs> interesting. Does that well, makes yeah. sense. No, no, that's that's. I yeah. think that's important. And that's
2: because you've got a higher um, interstitial colloid pressure. On which one? On the non-pitting. Okay. Yeah.
1: There you go. Well, that sorry, is...
2: Sorry. Uh, sorry if that ruined your. No, no, no. End, ending.
1: Look, you should say that at the end of every podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh,
2: that is Alberman. I've got more respect for Alberman
1: since say the podcast. For me? <laughs> Uh, Not you, not you. Anyway, thanks, Dad. I mean, Matt.